Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Now, a call for a department to tackle sectarianism, a dedicated government department that would be set up to specifically tackle sectarianism. Where would you start in this part of the world? It's one of the key recommendations of a new report from the Ulster University. So some serious thought has gone into this uh, from uh, people who would be very aware of what's happening in Northern Ireland. Or are they people who are very well-meaning? Sectarianism in Northern Ireland, a review. It was compiled by Professor Duncan Morrow alongside Sir George, along with other members of the Sir George Quigley Fund Committee. So, well-intentioned, well-meaning, or absolutely something of substance. Let me speak to commentator Barbara Werty. Barbara, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Barbara, I don't mean to be flippant about it, but a department for tackling sectarianism, where would you start? Oh, I, I fully understand the, the sentiment and the, the push behind this report and why it's been done and why we have to look at ways to tackle sectarianism. But isn't it just heart-wrenching heart that in this day and age we're actually talking about a, an entire government department to tackle something that we had certainly hoped wouldn't be a factor in our lifetime. You know, I think, it's, first of all, it's very sad that we're still in this position. But to say that we need a government department, um, whilst it may bring extra resources, the question here is commitment. And that has been the problem that we have faced, you know, in the past 20 years since Good Friday. Um, the commitment has not been there to deliver on some of the elements of that that would have, I think, moved us forward. Um, in terms of the issue of sectarianism, you know, one of the big glaring ones that was mentioned there that you mentioned yourself, Frank, was education. Um, you know, our, our kids are still being educated separately. They're still being educated in, in sectarian terms. There are a few places where they're able to be educated together. And, you know, we all know that that education is so powerful when you're young. So to be in, a, in, a, in that place, with other people who are different to yourself, but the same is just the best education that we can ask for. And that's the best grounding we can give and foundation we can give to tackle sectarianism in the future. But as we know, Stormont had, um, I believe it was six million in funding um, in order to, to work on this issue. And they, they sent it back to, to the Treasury because they couldn't couldn't agree on how to spend it. So, you know, it's all fine and well having a government department um, but if, if the government department is still enacting the wishes of the, of, of the government or of the parties 
they're involved in, gov in government, then I would question whether or not the commitment is really there um, to, to make that any of these recommendations become a reality or to have any impact on our current situation. Yeah, Barbara, do stay with me. I want to speak to Amanda Ferguson about this as well. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, Frank. I can't help thinking that people around the country listening this morning would have an impression of a government that if we had it, if it was up and running, it would be a government that encourages sectarianism as opposed to a government that would set up a department to tackle sectarianism. Well, I don't think that we need a separate uh, department to, to tackle sectarianism. I think that's a, it's a, it's a bit of a nonsense. I think if we can uh, get our, our uh, politicians back up, Stormont, that will be a good start. Um, I think that what we need is to educate our young people together. Uh, we need to tackle social inequality and we need people uh, in political parties and people in positions of influence in society to stop um, trying to divide people and start talking about our diversity being a strength because there's there's no um, contradiction between being British or being Irish or being a mixture of both or whatever. You can be whatever you want to be. You can be the full extent of, of your own identity, fill your boots, and there's no reason for people to be scared of that, which is why it's so important to get issues around like Irish language and all that sorted out now. I'm looking at the ideas and the suggestions as to what the Ulster University think tank have actually come up with. And one of them, and it's it's the old chestnut, but it's like waving the magic wand and suddenly everything will be cured if we all sing a United Sports Anthem at Windsor Park. Yeah. And somebody, I'm not sure who's going to write it, they want a local a local singer-songwriter. I couldn't help thinking of, you know, this job will go to Snow Patrol. You know, just, or is, is Van Morrison going to come up with it? Or or would we would we try again, you know, to, to head north and get one of our great uh, dairy singer-songwriters to, yeah. to, to write it? But it's like... I don't know, it's like so fluffy this, isn't it? You know, we'll have a yeah. we'll have a shared anthem and suddenly everything will be fine. I think we're all set for anthems, to be honest. I think we're set for anthems, we're set for flags, uh, we're set for knowing who we are. Um, you know, and also as well, like not not everybody's into football, not everybody's into rugby, not everybody's a, a great fan of Ireland's call. Um, you know, I, I get the idea of like uh, people trying to sort of push this sort of shared Northern Irish identity. Um, and that's fair enough, but I think it can be a little bit overblown. I think that there's a lot of people here who feel 100% British, a lot of people who feel 100% Irish. There's a lot of people who are very proud of their northernness or whatever, but I think that's more um, divided down to, like, you know, for example, like I would say I was from North Belfast. Like, you know, everybody from Belfast always says they're, you know, from the east, north, south or west. They're very proud of that part of it. But I think that there's too much... Um, pressure and too much push on like every everybody has to feel northern irish or everybody has to like get on board with this kind of like um shared um you know identity and there's no actual need for it it's okay. like if you feel northern irish that's fine fill your boots but you know there's no problem about specifically saying that you don't feel that or you're not really that into it mm -hmm. um and I, as i said before like with the, the amount of issues we've had over flags and anthems and things in the past I really can't see, you know, can you imagine trying to put it together, like the every single word and every lyric and every interpretation of it will be like going over and over again. Um, I think we're I think we're set in that in that regard. 
it would be some challenge. Of course, if there's anyone listening who can think of a song that maybe already exists that would be ideal as an anthem for Windsor Park, just a sports anthem generally here in Northern Ireland. And I'm just wondering, when they say sports anthem, because unfortunately Professor Duncan Morrow wasn't available to have a conversation with us on the programme this morning. We did we did invite him, but he, he's too busy. But but uh, I, I would love to, love to know when they say sports anthem, are they suggesting that maybe that would be the anthem at, say, Casement Park when it is refurbished and, and rebuilt, that we would we would all sing whatever this new song is going to be instead of Arna Vain? Or, or are we going to sing the the anthem just at Windsor Park instead of, of God Save the Queen? Or are we going to sing both anthems? Uh, I don't know. I just despair. I, I do despair sometimes. But let, let, let's say, let's concentrate on the serious element of this because it is, it is a life and death uh, situation. The leaders of all major churches to run an agreed programme to encourage respect for other faiths. Uh, you know, um, Barbara, uh, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just wondering... You know, it's the important word in there, major churches, because you couldn't have the Free Presbyterians uh, running an agreed programme that would uh, have a look at the Catholic faith. You just, it's kind of like you were saying with Amanda, it's a bit bit fluffy and sort of quite hopeful, which is, is sweet in its way. But these are things that churches, with people of religion, with people of faith, Live, they live their everyday lives, reaching out to one another. So that's what the churches should have been doing already. You know, this sort of reads as a list of things that we maybe should have tried um, over the past few years and, and sort of all put together. Um, and the, But I think the real thing that they put, I think something really important that's picked out, and you, you touched on it there as well when you are speaking with Amanda, is the report makes it very clear that sectarianism isn't just about religion. You know, it's, it's actually more about social inequality. And, and we see that every day because it's, it's two groups, two aspects of the same community fighting for, for scraps from the table um, and, and each is worrying what the other is getting. And, and our political system perpetuates division because it requires you to designate. So you're already having to set out your flag, uh, uh, which, as Amanda rightly points out, we've, we've had enough of. So, you know, we have to look at this. This is a wider... Sectarianism isn't just about... Catholic and Protestant. It's not about one side versus the other. It's about the fact that there's a lot of people in our society that don't have enough. And because they don't have enough, they they feel um, negatively towards others who are, who are getting who they believe are getting more than them. And it just so happens that in our community, we have those two lines that it falls along uh, against religion. So I, I think that uh, and academia is very important for making us ask questions for making us examine the world around us because they have the time and the energy and the focus to sit and do reports and studies like this and I'm grateful for it. But when it comes to the real world, we have to look at how people are having to live their lives every day because that, changing that and improving that is what in the long term will help us fight this disease that is sectarianism. Now, sectarianism, and they do say in the report, it's a part of our historic legacy uh, and it's off the every day. So it is, it is part of the, the legacy issue and it spills over into today. And I, I suppose it's been caught up with uh, racism has managed to catch up with it here in, in Northern Ireland because we only need a, a few people from overseas to, to live among us and we'll have a, a new area to direct our hatred towards. It's just a pathetic commentary, but that is the the reality. So th- th- this think tank at the University of, of Ulster, 
while we may look at their suggestions as being fluffy and it's not costed either and they've no idea what it's going to mean in terms of revenue, surely, Amanda, something does have to be done. Yes, well, certainly I'm sure there, there, there's worthy parts of the report that can be picked out, out of it. But uh, with regard to, to, to religion here, I could talk, talk about the... Uh... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. The north of the Northern Ireland is, is a, a Christian country. I'm not actually convinced that it is. I know that people, there are many people of faith and, and that's their uh, right to, you know, to have that and had to have that respected as well. But for so long here, everybody has had to be put into boxes for equal opportunities for them. You have to say you're a Catholic, you have to say you're a Protestant, you know, you have to declare as other. And I think a lot of times, <clears throat> a lot of times whenever people talk about religion, what they actually mean is identity. They're not actually talking about, you know, going to mass or going to church or being a Catholic or being a Protestant. It's about being British or about being Irish and feeling that difference. So I'm not convinced that, you know, while church leaders do have a role to play, I think that um, it's wider than that and it's bigger than that because, you know, the like church attendance is, is falling through the floor. You know, it's not as if um, the, you know, the Catholic Church has a stronghold over people regarding things like contraception or their views on marriage equality and things like that. So I'm not convinced that we're as religious as people make it out that we actually are. Um, and I think that um, it's not just, uh, you know, we're touching on the, the idea of, of sectarianism within communities. And, um, you know, sometimes there's a, a focus put that it's maybe it's, it's just a working class issue. It's not. Some of the most bigoted sectarian people I know have, have the greatest wealth um, in this place. So it's something that's top to bottom. And I think that the inequality in our society is the best way to tackle that rather than thinking, oh, it's just something that happens on a stage. It happens everywhere. It happens in boardrooms. It happens from the people that you would least expect to be sectarian that hold these sort of um, ingrained views. And I think, again, it comes down to 
people just have to get on board with the idea that it's okay that some of us are different. It's okay that some people are in the orange order. It's okay that some people like the GAA. There's too much fear put around things that are, are part of both of our, our identities and our communal identity as well. Yeah, Barbara, Amanda makes a good point about the, I suppose, the social standing of the bigot. Some of them are very well to do. I've I've listened to a few who would be more, much, much more well-to-do than I am, and they could give any bigot a run for their money. Oh, yeah. You know, you get bigots in sheep's clothing um, all over Northern Ireland. I have met uh, a great number and uh, sadly worked for, for some also. So, yes, as Amanda rightly points out, it's not just about what we see every day on, on flag posts as we're driving around on our, on our business. This is something that we are encountering um, that is institutionalized in some places. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to say that in a great number of the businesses that I've worked in in Northern Ireland, and, and not to bore your listeners, but I've, I've worked for a lot of different companies over the years before setting up my own business. And, and I have very rarely come across um, a, a difficult situation in regards to sectarianism. And I have worked in... I come from a Catholic background myself. I'm no longer of a faith, but I have I have worked in in East Belfast and in, in, in very strong loyalist um, strongholds, and I've enjoyed myself and I've been made very very welcome there. So you know, sectarianism isn't isn't straightforward. Um, it's not uh, it's not a, an easy issue to, to tackle. But the reality is that we all live our lives alongside one another each day. Um, we all go into work together and for the vast majority of cases people work alongside each other very well because you know they 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 do what our politicians don't they focus on what they have in common when they're in that place so you know they'll talk about the issues with work or they'll know what's going on with each other's kids and they're part of each other's lives so you know I I think we have to embrace that and see where we how far we've come in that respect in the last 20 years it's not all doom and gloom um, but there is no doubt that there is there is still a lot of work to be done um, on this front. So finally, the the question, the, the screaming question that I'm sure many people will be asking as they're driving along or doing the ironing or, you know, playing with the kids, listening to the radio, they, they'll, they'll be saying, is the answer with the children? Is the answer education? I see in this report every school should operate a shared education curriculum. But is the actual only answer to correcting sectarianism in this part of the world for all children to go to school together and to have everything fully integrated within the next 20 years? I'm not sure whether yeah. it necessarily has to be integrated in the traditional sense of, you know, uh, I think there's only something like between 5 and 10% of schools are integrated at the moment, but certainly there is something to be said for children to be educated together, definitely. You know, if you're a young person and the first time you meet a Catholic or a Protestant is whenever you're in, entering the workplace or whenever you're going to university, but there's something wrong with that. Like there definitely is, and I know so many people where that is the where that is is the case. I think maybe it was different for me because I was from a so-called mixed marriage. My mum's a Catholic, my dad's a Protestant, so I was brought up with a healthy respect for everybody and all identities. And I went to a Catholic primary school and a sort of predominantly Protestant secondary school. So I got to meet the mix of people, which is why I don't get upset or offended by any um, manifestation of British or Irish identity because I've been on board with that from from the very start. But you know. 
definitely getting kids together whenever they're young. I, I don't know whether it has to be um, in in the way like you know the integrated schools are doing a great job. I think there it can be something that respects people who want their kids to go to faith schools or have them educated that way. You know that it can be combined in some way, but definitely it has to start with the young people. But it also has to start with with people who've been uh, around the block a few times and have to reset um, how how they um, uh, treat the other as such. Because until we do that, you know, nothing really is going to change. It is, it is, uh, it is something that's going to keep going through generations after generation if it's not tackled from whenever kids are in nursery or, or wherever else. But I think that there's a way to um, combine educating kids together that allows people to have that sort of distinct Catholic or Protestant ethos within schools. I'm sure there's a way to do it. Like, okay, Amanda, and final word on that. Uh, Barbara, how, how would you sum it up? Does it have to start with the youngest of the young and families being more outward looking or is that pie in the sky? I think, you know, we have the best opportunity with our young people. You know, they haven't yet got to the point of no return um, on these issues. You know, they may be aware of them, but we have, still have the opportunity to intervene whenever um, kids are at that age. We have a, the, the opportunity to open up their minds and show them a world outside of perhaps the one that, they've, that they're familiar with or the one that they're seeing on, on the TV. Um, and yeah, so yes, you know, I, I like to think that the next generation are going to be the, the saviors of us all. But then we thought that whenever we had Good Friday, so perhaps we can just all pray that we learn from our mistakes this time um, and, and don't put this burden on the next generation and, and make them live with it like we have had to. Okay, Barbara Werty and Amanda Ferguson, thank you. A government department to tackle sectarianism. If we can only get a government department to deal with education or to deal with health or to deal with the environment or roads, uh, that would be a step in the right direction. However, if we could have a government that was providing a cure for all ills, it may have a department to tackle sectarianism. Who would the minister of that department be? And what song would they come up with as the sports anthem that this think tank is suggesting may be part of the cure for our problems. If you have an idea of a song that already exists, this would be a song that, I, I, I get a sense of it, it's for Windsor Park, but it may be for Casement Park. It's a sports anthem. They, they don't say a soccer anthem or a football anthem. You know, they say a, a sports anthem. So would it be something that the boxers would stand to if they won a medal, they wouldn't stand for the Queen or they wouldn't stand for an or in a vein. What would, they, what would they be standing for? This new song that's going to be written by a well-known musician. That's what they're saying. Uh, following the introduction of Ireland's call, consideration should be given to investment on a shared sports anthem for Northern Ireland composed by a well-known musician. That's what the report has said. Who do you think would have the qualities to write it and what would it entail? And is there a possibility that the words in a particular song, in some song, already exist that you could stand proudly as an Irish person or a British person, neither to the Queen or to the soldier's song? You're standing there proudly to this new set of words and feeling that you belong to hear. If you know what those words are or which song they're in, please do let us know. You won all five. 
Uh, very shortly, we're going to be talking about the Jeremy Kyle show and the very sad story surrounding it at this moment in time. Bill has a point he wants to make about our programme in the first half hour. Uh, go ahead, Bill. Good morning, Frank. Just listen to your programme there. I mean, we have our own identity in the UK. So, I mean, why should we start to change things to accommodate others from another country as such, you know? And I don't want to make this one and the other and them and us type thing. It's never going to be that way. But my idea is we have, we don't have any cars with UK uh, registrations on them. We spend the pound. Why are we not part of the UK? Why can we not represent ourselves? And general in sports, we watch golfers, we watch motorcyclists, we watch snooker players who proudly drape the, the Ulster flag around their shoulders and identify themselves as people from Northern Ireland, quite clearly to the rest of the world. So why do we need a big change, Frank? Why do we need this big change? I mean, we've tried for years. We've had the peace process for 25 years, and for the last number of months, we've heard the sad story of young journalists. So, you know, what road are we going down? Every time we seem to change, it's it's not just a fork in the road. It seems like a roundabout here, and we'll take another one and see if we can work it here. We'll take another one and see if we can work it here. What is wrong with what we've got? Okay, that's the question being asked by Bill. What is wrong with what we've got? No call for any new sporting anthems and be proud to wrap the Northern Ireland flag around your shoulders if you are a successful person. Uh, your opinions on that are very welcome this morning. This on the back of the University of Ulster Think Tank team that's come up with many suggestions on how to tackle sectarianism, one being a new sports anthem. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thumb.